What's going on, guys? We're here with another episode of the Outlaw Way podcast. I'm the boss, even though Nikita doesn't like to call me that. He's <laughs> Nacho. I even call him his nickname. But we got Cheeto, special guest today, Big Poe. We're going to be talking about a little bit of music, a little bit of mud rides, and he just happens to do both at the same time. Hey, what's up, y'all? But yeah, we, uh, you know, Team Outlaw, we go to a lot of mud rides, mud parks, and everything like that. And so does Big Poe. He plays them. He is the guy in the venue. He's on the mm -hmm. paper. So we get to see both sides of it. We get to see the view from the guy watching it and the view from the guy giving it. Huh? Got that right. And usually I can't fucking see very far by that time at night. So, <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm like I'm always like, hey, can we get on early? Because these get, these people have mm -hmm. been drinking all day. Hey, I'll tell you what, and I'll, it's the sound engineers. <laughs> I don't know where these guys like. You got a good sound engineer. I hope. Yeah. Well, it depends on where we go. It's like so. Our contracts are set up where we plug and play. So a lot of times these venues will have their sound guy, whoever yeah. they use. Mud Nash was horrendous. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. Mud Nationals was pretty bad. I love Pegos in the rooftops. Oh, they were good. I love them. It's good band. Couldn't hear them. But so I couldn't hear them. So me and the wife sat in her side by side, probably 65, 70 yards from the stage. Nothing between me and them. We were up on a hill. And uh, I, honestly, if I just wouldn't have known the songs, Right, you I wouldn't have known what the fuck they were saying. There was two or three songs I knew, and I was having trouble. Like, did he, what, what verse? Or, oh, yeah, I'm telling you, you got bad. Yeah. Well, and you know what pisses me off at mud parks? This is the number one pet peeve I have, is that a lot of parks will host the concert in a spot where side-by-sides can still freely drive through. Oh, right, right. And that pisses me and the there's fuck that off. idiot coming and, Well, through. you know, some people... They'll just be drunk or don't care or have $15,000 in sound system. And you're like, you know what? Fuck this. All these people here, they're going to hear my shit. Mm -hmm. And you can hear the bike sound system over whoever's playing because. Right. I can think of a group you of can't kids hear at the last ride. So does that happen to you a lot when you're playing at the parks? Well, yeah. Like, but a lot of these parks, they'll have like a little horseshoe area roped off to yep. where the bikes can park up against to and it gives area for people to mingle and stand yep. for the concert. And we had that at Mud Nationals. Yeah. But the... It, it just wasn't loud enough. Yeah. Like, I, my opinion, you, it needs to be, the band needs to be so fucking loud. Right. That you better own an audio shop if you pull up for us to be able to hear you. Because this is what you run into. Like, it's easy to take some sound in a building or whatever like that. But you yeah. got to remember, you're outside. Outside. So you got to blow the doors off. You really do. You got to get into big production to and make we need it some sound clarity. like it needs to sound. Right. You got to have some clarity. I got to know what he's saying. Got that I right. want it loud, but I want to also understand what he's saying. Yep. Does... Does the, the the big Poe music actually have clarity? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but that, I mean, okay. And we're gonna break the music part of it down. <laughs> we're, we're talking about country rap. Yeah. So, rap, as we all know, has some mumble, has yep. some slur, has some funk, whatever you want to call it. And different bass. people call it different things. Bass is a big thing. Too, and then country the... is more known for its clarity of the storyline and how they're mm -hmm. saying it. So if you mix the two, there's mm. going to be some parts that got a little, you know, a little <laughs> bit of uh-uh in them, and there's going to be some parts that are clear. So yeah. it's just a type of But that makes it different so everybody understands. I am the old country. Fucking right. country. I'm not. Sweet Jesus. I don't listen to rap. But we get out on these mud rides, have a few drinks. It is fun. I do get into it. Yeah, the kids out there time. twerking on a roof. Right. We don't know what the fuck's I going have on. to give Big Poe hell. Because that's, that's not, okay. It it's okay. not what you I'm can... gonna play riding down the road in my truck on my way home from work. Uh, right. Yeah. But he he sent the, a new song the other day. I'm listening to the song, and my old country ears. And don't so even let's know what the get fuck to, saying. Let's get to where 
my sound evolved and how it's been created. All I, I mean, know is you were going in the woods getting balls deep. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, look, so when I was a kid, when I was four years old, there used to be a little uh, daycare called the Little Red Schoolhouse over there by Claiborne Elementary. And so we lived right there off Well Road, off the interstate. Well, on the way to uh, the Little Red Schoolhouse every morning, my mama, we, you know, she had a Mustang, but she had a tape player. And so I would make her play Mel McDaniel, Louisiana Saturday Night, and uh, <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. All my ratty friends are coming over tonight, over and over. She would rewind it, play it, rewind it, play it. And, you know, so, and I come up on, like, Alabama. I mm -hmm. like Don Williams. You know, like, just so, you know, George Strait's a big influence. Garth Brooks. Mm -hmm. So you but, came out of a background that's, that's similar to mine, pretty diverse. So. That's the gold school of country. Well, like, my dad was my old school. Music. My dad was old school country with the Conway, the Merle, the Waylon, the Willie, you know, right. that kind of and, stuff. My mom was the journey, the yeah. everything from Percy Sledge to, you know, Def Leppard. Right. So you got all of it. Right. And so if you if you take that, I, when I was a youngster, you know, I was raised on that country music, like old school country music. Like, I love it. Merle Haggard. I love all of it. You know what I'm saying? But when I get 12 years old, what happens? Too short. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Dre. Tupac. Yeah. All these people are coming out and, and it's just. It becomes Those are all part. rappers. They're not items or yeah. they become, i was wondering what clinic he worked at <laughs> and they become part of pop culture and and everything that we see is is, is you know on this mtv oh you yeah. know and then the next you know red hot chili peppers and metallica and look i was on all that music you know? evolves quick and so that's why i tell people that my music is a gumbo it's a little sausage a little chicken a little bit of this <laughs> you know blues i've done blues records i've done yeah all music, country records like, music different there's different vibes to music and all different things. But to me, every, any song takes me to a place. Yeah. So I can, if a song comes on and I'm, I'm at a, where I was when I heard that song mm -hmm. and like he just said MTV. Well, if you know music, you know, the first video ever played on MTV. We all do. You got, you know it, don't you? I'm trying to think. I've, Money for I've nothing. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen Dire it Straits. Mm -hmm. Followed by AHA. Take me on. Like, but the music, it's in my head. It's one of those memories I cannot get rid of yeah. because music resonates with me. Right. So I understand what he's saying with the, the entrance of gangster rap, which is what, what it's labeled right. now, but it wasn't then. Mm -hmm. But then once I got to that level of, of rap, which was the Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre stuff, then I got into the Outkast and the UGK and all the Houston movement, like Mike Jones. I used to do shows with Mike Jones, oh, Mike and Jones. Will Flip and... So we're talking uh, late nineties now because now I'm in college and uh yeah. UGK, Pimp C, uh the yeah. uh, what's the dude um from, from Houston? Slim Thug. No, um uh, crap. DJ Screw. Screw. DJ yeah. Screw was hot. Like, yeah. it was just so I, I'm I'm right here with him. Like I don't, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm well, a John big young... wasn't even alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, so now I listen to a good bit of rap music specifically. Right. I mean, if anybody's ever seen my side by side. Yeah. Uh, well, my whole side yeah. by side is. Are you listening to rap? I am. Well, I know you listen to what he's going to He's here today. He's listening listen to one of these. What? Shit. Well, I'm he's listening, listening to Dolph and, and Young Dolph. Young Dolph. Dolph. Yeah, young, yeah, I, I, my side I'm by side listening. is Young Dolph rap. That's right, not rap right, to right. me. I've got the dolphin with the crown on top. <laughs> that's you know? mumble rap to me. That's, nah, that's a different nah, genre. Nah. He's he's saying it. He's like I've tried to warm myself up to that style of rap. It is hard. Can't do it. But I could. I can't listen to Dolph. Young Dolph is one of those. Where he'll have a song where 
you listen to it not for the lyrics but for the bass and the melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have subwoofers in your car. That's what you listen and to it, that song and for. And he says some slick ass you just, shit. You're just driving home. You're like, I'm leaving work. I don't have a headache yet. Let's create one. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, exactly. I think, I think it's how you were, how you were growing up, what you came up in. Like, see, I came. Well, I, I mean, he said he's not listening to it for the music. He's listening to it for the bass and the, the melody. Bass. Yeah. That's because like what he's listening to, there are no lyrics. They're just there's mumbling. No. <laughs> so they, they got to do the but bass. But then there's then there's other songs that he has where there isn't really any bass or melody or anything. It is just lyrics. Yeah. It's all about the situation that you're in. Like, I'm going to listen to. You know, shake that ass like a salt shaker or something at a mud park because, right. you know, yeah, when you, you you don't have to hear the words to know that that's that song yeah. from a mile away. Like, you know what right. it is. I yeah. get that. I and get then that. like uh, like any Lil Wayne song ever. Right. Well, like, Wayne, I can hear it from a distance. I'm like, that's Lil Wayne's yeah. song. Yeah, Lil Wayne's yeah, like, a poet. Like, that's it right there. Lil yeah. Wayne's a poet. I mean, just, I mean, yeah. In the middle of a song when you drop shit like uh, they call him fools because... The April babies, yeah, I, and then I put mean, a fat rabbit no, on a craftmatic. I mean, that shit. That's wild. They call me yeah. a plumber laying pipe or something. I can't remember what he said, but it, it, you know, yeah. that's a lyricist to me. I'm to where you. like like Tupac and uh, Biggie and Dr. Dre, they were rap artists. Uh-huh. They understood the difference. They understood how to put a beat and melody but to a point. Those people are people that sing with lyrics. Yes. They're yeah. not. Uh, then you have Lil Wayne. He's a lyricist. Yeah. He can, in his head, put a song together, spit it out right then, and remember it the rest of his life. Yeah, but Never at the same time, Lil Wayne songs, that's two, you can listen to the same Lil Wayne song two different ways with the bass up yeah. and the bass down. <laughs> and that's a different fucking song either way. Yeah. I mean, Drop so the what, World by Lil after Wayne. After putting all this together, you came up with what do you do? So, what I do, so. I just let me tell you a little history real quick just to catch you up on because it's been a journey like this music thing's been a crazy journey so i've been doing it since the 90s um i recorded my first song on the arkansas road over there by indian lakes at diamond recording studio it was a man named sam diamond who actually worked at the mill here and an electrician and uh, he had a recording studio. And back then, they had what they call ADATs, which were VCR tapes. That's what you recorded on. So, and then it, when it went from that and uh, went to what they call a DA, DA88, uh, it's just a smaller VCR tape. And then it got to digital. To it's it's, it's v, v, so. VHS to 8 millimeter. All this was before you were born. Yeah, I was going to say I was a DVD kid. Yeah. So. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked he's got CDs sitting right here. Uh, see, yes. you know, and that's that, crazy I was thing. here. I was there when the CD was born, Missy and I was there when the CD died. He, and he brought a CD, so, and I'm going to get it to sign it for me. But I got Spotify, so yeah, right. right. Yeah, I got Spotify. But, you know, and like I, I always, I always keep those because some people are kind of like Old vinyl, vinyls in now. Old school. You yeah. know, some people's like I want that CD because it just means mm-hmm. something. Because that's when I come up, I used to go get all the Master P No Limit CDs on Tuesday. Yeah. I'd skip school. <laughs> and I'd go get the Silk to Shocker or whatever that came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And I'd go check back into school and tell all of my friends, you know. You got it. What I got. You know, there used so. to be, we used to have scheduled events. Like our entire group at school would schedule the CD for so-and-so drops tomorrow. We're going to be there. Like, yeah. It used to be a big deal. Yeah. And we was paying $20. 29 back then. 24. Y'all realize that? 19. And so the artists, imagine how much money we've lost because nobody... 
buys nobody downloads music hardly anymore yeah nobody buys physical copies so oh, it's even harder on an independent artists to make it because you know you count Nobody's on those tenths of a penny on a stream yeah you talk about on, people like being pissed when Napster came out and people could download oh. it was huge man you had <laughs> lawsuits you, you had, know you know when i was you know, know what the big thing for me was limewire yeah, yeah. Right. was after Napster, but yeah. He'd give you a fucking Virus. computer AIDS, <laughs> but you'd get the fucking song. Right. You'd, you'd burn that fucking CD and you'd be like, hey, mom, I don't know what happened to the computer. That would just crashed. John, did you ever have a book of CDs? I did. Like, I did. Right, did? When I, right when I got my truck, uh, that Good. was the big thing was you would get uh, mixtapes. Yes, Everybody was still selling like mutt tapes at Walmart and the mall down here and things like that. I remember, uh, if y'all know Two Chains, yeah. I was when Two Chains still called himself Titty Boy. Right. Yeah. So I had Titty Boy mixtapes, and that was right in the big change where it went from you had CDs MVP. to Spotify hit. Yeah. When Spotify hit. By my senior okay, year in high school. I don't know if you know, but there was other things before Spotify. Nothing like Spotify, baby. Pandora. No, nah, Pandora used. ain't shit iTunes nah, ain't shit. I'm gonna tell you, Pandora Spotify. got a list, bro. Pandora it does, got a. But I don't Spotify, man. Well, it's, I have Spotify and I have Pandora. Yeah. And music is very important to me. And I have gone through the eras of the LP and the four or five and all of it. Yeah. Spotify's good. It's great to a certain point. No, no, no. It's best. They do not have the library that Pandora has. Oh, you just pay for they it. They don't have the depth exactly. Yeah. I already pay for Pandora and I got way more depth than Spotify's even got on Reach yet. So. <sighs> And, I, and as an artist, uh, we get paid more for, like, if you have Spotify and you have the premium, yeah. then we make more money off of that stream. Now, if you just get in the free version... I'm Premium only... Platinum Plus, baby. Right. Over here. I've got seven devices. Yeah. Okay. I'm fucking... I'm in deep. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I, I don't like commercials in my music. I don't so fuck. I, I do that. That shit pisses me off. You'll be fucking having a good-ass time, and then here comes the fucking commercial. Yeah. Like, come down to your local dentist office and have your teeth and I'm like, bitch, I, I'm shotgun a beer on top of a fucking side by side in the middle of the woods. Right. And I'm, I, 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 I have commercial. Spotify because last time my son and daughter was in my truck, yeah, they grabbed my phone and set it up. Yeah. So I don't know what I am, but I don't so know my big thing is when we so, go on these mud rides and stuff yeah. like that, we'll be out in the middle of the fucking woods. And I pay for Spotify so I can download them to my phone. Yeah. So I never lose signal. I always have all my songs downloaded right. and preloaded, so I can click on any song I want to and play it right then. I don't have to buffer. And that's my problem with Spotify is I've downloaded all the good songs they have. They don't have anything else for me to download. Nah, and I'm nah, listening nah, to the same nah, shit nah, over and over again. <laughs> I got to figure this out. I guarantee you, I have got. And the only rapper that Nikita knows Five or six thousand dollars. I got to show him in yeah. August. He knows Afro Man, but he don't know nothing. There's a couple of songs on my playlist by Colt Ford. He's not a rapper. It's, it's, he's it's, technically it's, kind of a rapper. He's, he's a country he's kind of a rapper. He's country rap, yeah. That's he's different to me. I don't know. I'm, I, maybe it's I don't me. listen oh. to any rap rap. I'm not interested at all. Nah, I'll get on that country Mike. Rap. I, don't know if I get on that Mike DJ Dimes every now and then. Mike Dimes. And, right? Uh, uh, the Ghetto Boys and the Fat Boys. and You don't know them people. You, you don't know rap. I listen to a lot of Big Stepper, Mike Dimes, The Young Dolph, 2 Chains, yeah. old Kevin Gates, not new Kevin oh, Gates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, OG Kevin Gates, before he went to prison and started sucking Ice dick, was way better. Ice T before he went to TV. <laughs> was way uh, better. You know, Common. Uh it's, they got a deep portfolio inside of the, of the genre. I'm telling you. So when you go play these mud parks and stuff like that, do you probably stay pretty south central or do you get out there pretty far? Uh, I'm actually going to Michigan May 27th Shit, to play Hembaid. So I'm playing. That's fucking a stretch. <laughs> right so there. it's like 14 hours. So I played a stretch. two times already in Michigan. We're going to New Jersey. Parks. Yeah, it's just Jersey. Yeah. 
That's a stretch from Mud Park, though. I'm going up to Jersey for a it's a truck, truck show. show. Who yeah, is they Michigan, don't even have trucks in New Jersey. Does yeah, Michigan like? I mean, country rap. Like I can't imagine the, the, oh, the Midwest. The is Midwest is hot. Man. The Midwest is the sweet spot for it. So I moved oh, up yeah. to Indiana for two years and lived in Fort Wayne. And the next thing you know, you know, all the states around Illinois, like you, you, you don't think these people are country up there. Oh, they are. But they everywhere. So that's one thing I learned about going to these mud parks is people are just like us here in Louisiana. That's where they at. Everywhere. You you were asleep, you know? but we drove through New York. And I could have swore I was in Texas. The yeah. section that we drove through. Now, I worked up in the upper uh, Adirondacks in New York one time. And that right there is the middle of fucking nowhere in the woods. I mean, it is country as it gets. Really, it's just a big city. Anything past New York, outside of New York's country. Right. Honestly. But I just couldn't go up there, man. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like, it gets me. I worked in uh, North Illinois one time in the middle of fucking winter. It was like February, March. The coldest winter they'd had in 16,000 fucking years, some dumb shit. Yeah. They were country as fuck up there. They were everybody's riding around four-wheel drive trucks, rusted out, clapped out shit boxes, singing Waylon, having what, a good old time. What he said about being in Indiana, uh, I've been up there several times in a lot of them states, Iowa, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. Michigan, all that. It, it's just like being here, yeah. minus the swamp. Like you, it is. Square bodies, flags on the back of them, hunting, fishing, shooting, drinking, the Midwest, I mean, even like Jason Aldean did a song about flyover of the Midwest. Yeah, flyover states. states. Yeah, yep. it's the Midwest. All their, if you look at any country or, or your schedule, whoever, if you go look at their schedule on their websites, mm -hmm. they spend mm -hmm. probably more than half of their tour the in the Midwest. Yeah, yep. it's a lot going on in the Midwest. A lot of fields up through that motherfucker. Yeah, a lot it of looks folks, like a lot of what farms. it looks like going towards the Mississippi River when you get around to Lula and stuff like that, Patchy Woods. Yep. Corn everywhere. Yep. That's what it looks like up there. Like, I'm telling you, I just couldn't see going all the fucking way up there from Mud Park, though. That shit is... Well, well we're going to South Carolina. I well, mean, no, I we, guess, the guy but, hit us up at Nats, uh, the ride in Kentucky, the ride in Illinois. The one in yeah. Illinois has the Ying Yang Twins and Yellow yeah, Wolf. They're, they're starting yeah. to mix those old you know? school bands in there like that. But, but I know we got off subject a little bit. You know, I started doing this in the 90s. Um, graduated from Western Ohio High School right here. Uh, national champion football, state championship powerlifter. Um, went to ULM uh, for a little. You were bit. a national powerlifter. Yeah, you state. just let it go, huh? That's back before they had big records. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, so I, that's back I, before Mark Henry. Yeah, Mark but, Henry changed everything. But yeah, so I graduated West Monroe, um, and then I got into music there my last year in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, really started recording. You yeah. know what fired it off? Because um, you you had that you had that music upbringing then, yeah but what is the was it a band was it an artist was it a moment what kicked it off for you to go all right this one okay this is what it was so we go to the high school parties around here and uh there's a guy named broadnax uh, mm -hmm. that who you know i introduced him to adam calhoun and his snap because mm -hmm. i went out and got in this country rap shit you know and i yeah. just hit the road and uh, well, anyway, so when I was in high school, we had the parties, and he'd be over here freestyling. I've never seen it before. Like, yeah. This is like when UGK pockets full of stones era. Right. Yeah. Right in that time. Diamonds and wood, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And and so he would be freestyling. I'm like, damn, that's just, how does he do that? Yeah. I want to try to do that. Like, you know, I can already sing a little bit, but I want so to see if I can do were that. Were the girls around him? 
There was some girls, yeah, but it was such an outcast. It usually comes down to the women, baby. You know but what look, saying? it was such an outcast thing to do. Yeah. White boys didn't rap back then. That's true. That's true. And so when when uh, when I'd see, seen him do it, I, I I started trying to do it myself. And next yeah. thing you know, we're Were riding, you like in the deer stand by your fucking self? Or yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was writing rock songs yeah. in deer stands. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, that's what... In because, the shower, wrapping up UGK and stuff. Right, because that was my background. It's like, oh, you, you're country. I, I, I ran yeah. dogs all my life. I hunted in strong Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was in a deer club up there all my life. I killed my first deer up there with a bow. and uh, So I lived that life. Mm-hmm. But then I loved hip-hop music. I fell in yeah. love with it. And and so I started recording. Like back when CD burners first came out, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I went and got me one and hooked it up. So I didn't even know how to hook it up. Yeah. Like I didn't know nothing about no computer. Yeah. Like, but I'm finna figure it out because I want to be able to say, hey, you listen to me. Like this is my song. You know got what I'm saying? Right. And so uh, we did that. Uh, we started, me and Broadnax uh, started recording songs together. Uh, well, there's a lawyer named Joe D. Guerrero, which I'm sure you're familiar oh, yeah. with. Oh, Guerrero? Uh, Joe D., you know, and so he was an entertainment, music entertainment lawyer. Oh, and shit. he reached out to me and Broadnax was like, yo, like, I don't know nothing about rap music, but I can compare apples to oranges. And you got money and I need it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, I believe in y'all. Let me send y'all to Nashville, record an album. Yeah. And, and what year and, was that when you went and recorded your uh, first album? 2001, I believe, or 2001 with Broadnax in Nashville. Fuck yeah, I probably just got half of my teeth in by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we went up there, and back back then, like, we listened to that music, and we were talking about syrup sipping and all this. Mm-hmm. We was living it. Oh, like, yeah. We was gone. Like, oh, yeah. We was on pills and Xanax and everything. You, you was could doing that. You was doing it the whole way. You we, was going yeah, all we out. Was all oh, in. yeah. Like, fuck yeah. Like, we, we bring, like, when they talk about cough syrup, we, Men, men, like we. <laughs> you gotta understand it. At this time yeah. period, rap was huge. You yeah. had you had East versus West. You had uh, Crips, and you had Tupac versus Biggie, and you had all that. And when then you had a white boy come on the scene, whether it was Vanilla Ice or Eminem, they lived that life to get the respect. Yeah. Oh yeah, from that genre. Which, so. which now looking back, it was ignorant. Oh, like, uh, you know, uh, I look back on myself, I'm like. Bro, you was really acting like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but that was back. the thing to do at the time in the industry. Right, right. So yeah. that, I thought, well, that's the way. And and like, just imagine, we would go do shows. There was no white people there. There was yeah. no platform for me or Broadnecks to get up on, to say, hey, look at us. We can do this too. Like Because yeah. it wasn't quite accepted. We're talking about when Eminem, in 01, Eminem had just dropped uh, Slim Shady LP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So And it was shunned on then. They wouldn't yeah, play on the radio. Right. And then you had you've had Bubba Sparks come on later on. But imagine me and Bronax being the only white folks in them clubs and trying to get respected by it. Like we didn't have the Facebooks. We didn't have TikTok. We yeah. didn't have all It's harder to reach but, an audience because you had to be in person. To you do had back the then. MySpace, my boy. You had yeah, the MySpace. You had that, yeah. but we didn't was have computers. Was MySpace even like, open Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? Was it? Hell yeah. They were shooting on a phone. They wasn't no, Like, I had a beeper. Like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. You know, sometimes when people get in that kind of industry or just anything in general, they just got to blend in and get with what's going on. Well, they don't just understand, like, too. Yeah, just like Nakia and Mud Parks. I'll go through something. I'm on 44, 16 inch lift i look back his fucking hood's underwater because he follows me you know when you're when you're in the moment you just fucking keep up some people understand though yeah i'll never let it go the generations today (laughs) have always had an eminem yeah they've always had uh 
digital music. Yeah. See, like, when I grew up, we they had don't understand Kurt the path yeah. that you had to take to get to where you oh, are and man. what went on. It wasn't always popular. Eminem was shunned on yeah. every radio station, every TV. They wouldn't play him. They wouldn't do nothing. It by was the years time, later. By the time I was old enough to listen to what I wanted to listen to on the radio or anything in my own vehicle, we had cultural inclusivity where it was like right. white, black, Mexican, what the fuck yeah. ever you were. It didn't matter because you were still getting played on the radio. Yeah. You were still getting listened to and everything like that. That's only because satellite radio came out and the radio. Yep. We didn't perform. have right. a cultural diversity in music, really. I mean, mm. I think the only cultural diversity that I ever remember happening ever was when I found out Darius Rucker was black. Yeah. That blew my fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> but other other than that, back up, I always remember white rappers. Yeah, back up uh, twenty and, years and let's, and and think Charlie Pride because it blew my mind too. Oh yeah, see, and then another thing. I mean, uh, shit. I think the only music 20? industry that I can think of twenty five that I just knew what ethnicity somebody was without even fucking wondering was classic rock. Because it was just a bunch of white dudes yeah. with fucking long perms. Right. Until you heard, <laughs> other than that, until right. you heard, uh, livid, uh, was it livid color? Living color. A living color. They were yeah. all black group. Really? Sound just yeah. like a white group. Well, but, we was just talking before we got on. <laughs> I've met Big Poe. We've talked. We've had discussions. I've been listening to his music on Spotify, trying to learn more about him and see what he's got out there. And mm -hmm. you sent me that song the other day, Cheeto. It was like, hey, this is one of his new songs. I turned it on the radio. Yes, it, uh, that's not big pun. Yeah. He's like, yes, it is. It's like that is a black man. Yeah. Like that is <laughs> not see, like Nakia is perfectly content with leaving here and driving to Alaska with and no never cutting his radio on. Yeah, I like. I can't do it. I yeah. like listening to the birds. Like, and I'm, the I'm setting my radio station before I buckle my seatbelt. Yeah. So I don't know, man. This is just my pastime is spent on my back porch or if I'm in my shop at home. I am in silence. Yeah. You can hear my ratchet. Yeah, I'm not. You go and, to Chip's house, you can't hear yourself thinking. Well, it's shot. how we grew up. And you got to understand, yeah. like you were talking earlier, I can remember being seven, eight years old, and it's Sunday, and my mom is cleaning the house. And this, we didn't have central heat and air. All the windows are open. You know, it's a nice, cool day. But Otis Redding is coming out of her bedroom, or Percy Sledge, yeah. or just, you know, Something that may have that been is, one difference. We couldn't afford a radio coming up. Like, I only heard yeah. music when I was in the car because all Maybe. cars had a radio. I mean, you could hear that needle on that record and that you get them lyrics, and it don't matter who it is. I mean, it could have been Bon Jovi, whatever it was. Just the, the music itself always meant something to me, yeah. and it's always stuck with me. So, I don't we just, know. Around don't, my house wasn't a big music family. Like, yeah. And then... Like you said, I mean, I grew up in the country, hunting, fishing, surviving. So yeah. it was a lot of what do you do when the stress of life gets you? You walk out in the woods, you sit down, you listen to the birds and, and nah. God's country. You go to you a bar, you well, get Mr. messed up. Well, Mr. Mr. Nature, man, of God's over here. Country, that was my first album that I, um, that I put out. Uh, when so I we're got going back. after Blake Shelton? So, no, this was before oh. Blake Shelton. This is before Blake <laughs> That's Shelton. That's what I'm saying. You said 2001, 2002? It's 2015. Hmm? Oh, shit. Yeah. So, look, check this out. So, uh, me and Brian just got into it. We got the entertainment lawyer. We were so gone on drugs. You know, it just nothing panned out. You know, we, we so I went back to work and this and that. Started working on the pipeline, directional drilling. So, anytime this big pipe crosses Mississippi River, Intercoastal Canal, any of these waterways, then we there to get the pipe underneath it. And I worked pipe side, so I would talk to the driller the whole time. 
and I was his eyes and ears, you know, right. what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that. Got uh, had had a daughter uh, in '06, and then I got back into music a little bit. I had a single on the radio and stuff like that. But then in 2008, uh, we were working in Minden, exit 47 over there. And uh, I came home, went out to the Hobnob. They had a place called Hobnob right there on, over by Whale Road. And um, I took a bunch of pills, got really drunk, and was coming back home. Had a brand new truck, Nissan Titan Ford, brand new 33s, 10 plies on it. They was just a week old. And uh, that's back before rims were very popular, so we went off the ply of our tire. That <laughs> well, was I did our, that for that the pipeline because it eats your tires up, you know. So, I, so I always have flat tires. Yeah, but that boy said, I got them 15s, I got 15s too, but I got them 10 plies, right? They <laughs> <laughs> 15, but they clean, though. But yeah, so yeah, I worked on the pipeline, oh, but anyways, I had that wreck that night, so uh, fell asleep at the wheel. My wife at the time was with me. Um, and I woke up and I overcorrected and it flipped four times. Well, on that first row, I didn't have my seatbelt on, she did. Jacked me out of the driver's side windshield. I went completely into the asphalt, landed in the ditch. Mm. Truck rolled out. Anyways, they, I had old Dr. Pepper can, you know, that people put hide stuff in. Yeah. I had some weed in there and stuff like that. Well, uh, the only thing I really remember was uh, they had brought a dog out there and state trooper. Uh, he he bit into that can. It had flew out of the back of my truck, uh -huh. uh, and then I remember that state trooper hanging over me like, "Yeah, we finally got you." Da, 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 da. And I'm sitting there dying, man. Like <laughs> they had to life uh, or air flight me from here to Shreveport. What year uh, was this? 2008. Yeah. Probably It's probably when you was a cop. Y'all was all assholes. Guys dying <laughs> on the side of the road. Like I got you now. That was that was y'all. I got you. So October 2008. Uh, and so they flew me over there. Uh, I woke up, and it, it's probably a week later because I was under trauma and swelling and stuff like that. And uh, I woke up, and I was like, I looked down. I couldn't move either of my legs. And I was like, man, I didn't ruin my life. Like, I yeah. just broke down. Like, it's like you had a good job. You was making, you know, almost mm -hmm. 100000 a year. You just had a family. You had everything. You know, you finally worked, too, and you, you know, got to. I was like, man, I was asking the doctors, you know, am I ever going to be able to walk again? And they say, I can't, we can't tell you that. Yeah. You know, we can't tell you that right now. We, you, go out of, you got you let, let the swelling go down. We're going to have surgery. And so they did a complete fusion on my L1. And they can't tell you your drive, like yeah. how much ambition you got to walk again. Right. And, that, and I, that, that's what it boiled down to. So um, they did the surgery on me, and, and I, had, I broke my hip six ribs and my shoulder so and they they were like we're just trying to get you to be able to walk you know so they sent me over here to uh right off here off well road to cornerstone and i had to learn how to walk again on the parallel bars and this and that like uh, get up on the walker and so i had to go from a walker uh a hoover round i went home in a hoover round and you need to show that to Nikia before you leave because he's getting close to it. Yeah. He's going to need a hover around. Yeah, so. need one of I'm in better shape than either one of you young fuckers. <laughs> and, and, and now Johnston got me to say in it. Chip is older than me. Oh, I, nah, don't yeah. look it. Nah. Now I done said y'all young fuckers. Nah. <laughs> John's a See? baby. Chip's older than me. I'm so, always talking about yeah. that. No. When we have our free time, honestly, we do look for Nikia a good nursing home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, we did. But the Walker, he's already, he already has. You better get me a good one. Look, he, already, like he already has Walker experience and hover on experience. Right, you I can pass you, that though. knowledge yeah. right to you. Like, it's great. I I mean, got go you, ahead, bro. So, anyway, so I started out with a hover around, and then I had to go to court. Imagine yeah, uh, you can't walk. You done lost everything you worked for. You, you hadn't even seen your wife. I'd have come in that bitch sideways hot on that battery, boy. Yeah, yeah you know, and so it's like, man, like, where do you go from that point? Yeah. You're at the lowest point ever. You you don't even have nowhere to live now. You, you don't have no way to make money. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to be disabled for the rest of your life. And that's what the doctors told me. You know, you're going to be on pain medication and you're going to be disabled the rest of your life. So you have a decision at that moment. Am I going to lay down? Yeah. I'm done? Or am I going to stand the fuck up? Yeah, and I used to get pissed off when those rehab people used to come in there like, just leave me to leave me alone like i i because i'm mad at the world i'm mad at myself yeah i've let myself down i've let my family down you know and if it wasn't for me uh you know having that relationship with the lord because i was saved you know when i was 12 at ridge Island new baptist church my my grandparents we stayed in church like that that's what you did you i had my tithe money you know all that like i'm pulling up every sunday you know and so it was right then where I had to go to go to God, and I, I said, "Lord, look, you get me out of this situation. I will do whatever I got to do. I use me, use me somehow, mm-hmm. you know." And so that led into I already had a little drug problem before I had my accident. Mm-hmm. But when I went home, I got sent home with ninety oxycontins and Lord tabs and Kalatapins. You got like, the good shit with your name on. Yeah, it. like yeah. so now. I'm having to actually take these things to function, yeah. to get up, to to even have that drive to walk. I could have laid down right there in that moment, man, and it was so close. But you know, it, but but the the problem now is, not only am I disabled and I'm and depressed and, and I don't have no hope because when you lose hope, you've lost everything. Dog. Yeah. But now I'm taking these pills. Now I'm done becoming at it. You know, you don't even taking it. They're giving it to you. Yeah, they're giving, they're it, giving to it to me. you with your name on it, like John said. So now it's, it's not legal. even illegal. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. even it's not even a right. illegal thing anymore. Why are we so damn serious on this podcast? Well, we roped in. Got <laughs> look at Melissa. She's serious too. We all like diving in here. <laughs> so so anyway, so I, I got hooked on the pills. Next thing you know, I'm shooting them up. I'm shooting. I'm taking the pills. I went from just well, taking, taking them, them so long that they're not working no more. Right. So I went to taking them, to snorting them. Then now I'm shooting them up. Like, and now I'm ODing. Like, uh, they found me one time. I was living in a camper mm-hmm. in my mama's yard. Like, at this point, I done lost everything. Yeah. They found me choking on my vomit, uh, called the paramedics. They hit me with the heavy pin, brought me back to life. They pulled me out of there. You know, I had a couple episodes like that. And, like, my kids playing right out there, dog. Mm. Like, you, you, just, you just can't imagine you go through something really traumatic like that. And it's your own fault. But yeah. so many people don't see an example of somebody making it out of something like that. And at the end of the day, what it boils down to and what my purpose is and what my brain is, is I'm that dude that the Lord gave strength to at that bottom right there Mm -hmm. and carried me through that because in 2015, I had been up for a few days on meth. I'd done seen Phil Robertson standing in my pasture with a Bible (laughs) in his hand on the edge of the wood line. Okay. Just fucking hallucinating like a mother. Yeah, but but that that Jesus, that, that, hey, you know where to get help at. You know, 
So I would pass this little church called Point Assembly of God every day, you know, right by my house. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, one Sunday, I was, I'm going, I'm going. So I went, and next thing you know, these people just loved on me, you know. And with already with my background, with knowing where to go, knowing the Lord already, these people helped give me a, a platform to. So next thing you know, I'm teaching to you. Next thing you know, I'm singing in the choir. I'm going on you trips with these kids, and it's helping yeah. me re rehabilitate myself from going from that addict lifestyle, you know, with no hope to now I have some kind of purpose. Yeah, got something to do. And so I went on a trip to the Buffalo River with these kids. It was supposed to be all boys, but they said, you can bring your daughter with you. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I was like, well, maybe, you know, this opportunity, you got to do something fun with my daughter. And, you know, it, it, you got to imagine what she's already been put through. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying, to that point. Uh, so we get there. Uh, me and my daughter get, get in our kayak or whatever. We come around the first rapid and just dump, like, and, and, and – the rappers were like kind of rough, so it was already advisory or whatever they do. And my daughter come out and just took her. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, you just panic, like, hold up. And because you're feeling what the current's doing to you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, what is it doing to my daughter? So, anyways, we end up getting her. She gets to the side, gets back in there. Uh, so it's already traumatic for her. You know, yeah. we're, we're on this river. She, she's just thinking she's going <laughs> to die, right? So I was like, it's going to be okay, baby. We'll just keep going. And so we get on down there. Well, everybody, the, the crew that we were with, they pulled over to the side and they said, there's a waterfall up here. We, you know, so everybody's going to go. I said, all right, well, I, you got to remember, I can't walk really good. I'm, you know, I'm still yeah. limping along there. And it was about, I don't know, a mile up, you know. And so I was like, well, y'all go ahead. We'll catch up with y'all. So me mm -hmm. and my daughter take off. Well, we get halfway. So she says, Daddy, I just don't know if I can do this. I, I don't I don't know if I can do it. I said, baby, come on. We done, Look at me. Look, Daddy can barely walk. Let's go. We're going to make it. So we get about three-quarters away, and the group that I came with, they're already coming down. Yeah. But, you know, and my daughter's like, Dad, let's just go back with them. Let's just don't worry about it. I said, baby, no, we done come this far. We're going to get to the top of this mountain here. We're going to go see this waterfall, you know. Mm -hmm. So we, we limp along, and we finally make it. Well, when we got up to it, uh, you kind of walked up and you just looked up and I remember saying this is God's country okay and so at that moment I didn't know what that meant or nothing like that uh, at the time I'm starting to write again I'm starting yeah. to start getting you know thinking and I did like a remix to a T.I. song that was Christian like for the youth and like just was trying to come up with some cool little ideas well um, I got back home from the Buffalo River and it was a week or two later uh, and I had this dream, uh, and, and, and during this transformation, I went from a thug minister society to somebody Good movie. going to church movie. every day doing the right thing. The devil's attacking me this, at this time. Yeah, I'm having dreams right. of him throwing me against the ceiling, the walls, and I can, you know, I can feel like I'm there. You're like, trying to do better. I would, to do I would watch T.D. Jakes. I would watch everything. Like, I was just absorbed, like, yeah. just lost in it. Well, I had this dream, and in a dream, it's like I live in a single-wide trailer. It's a 1993 model trailer in a pasture in, out in Point, in Downsville. Mm -hmm. and, and my porch goes out, and it's just a big pasture. So I walk off the porch, and I looked up, and there was these missiles going off. It'd go, and it'd say, Little Rock, when he got to his peak, and it'd take off. 
boom, I just feel the ground rattle. And then another one go up, Dallas, boom, I feel the ground rattle. It just kept on and on. Well, when I woke up that next morning, I felt this overwhelming desire to get back into music, mm -hmm. take my story, my testimony of what I've been through, yeah. and go tell the world. Because that's what I felt like that dream was trying to tell me. The Lord was trying to tell me, hey, we're going to use you as a testimony. Now, you know, and it, it, it all gets down to save people preaching to save people. Well, what about those lost people that may not go to those kind of people to, to hear the word? But mm -hmm. the guy that was the addict, the guy that had been down all them broken roads and still tried to make something of his life, they liable to listen to me a little bit yeah. more. And so not only do I do country rap music, I have a purpose to connect with these people, mm -hmm. to tell my stories in those songs that talk about addiction, that talk about whatever. You don't know, I've had people send me needles and pictures and messenger and say, I quit because your song... You know what I'm saying? Motivated yeah, me there, to, yeah. to yeah, do you that. Told us, it's amazing. You told us stuff today that, that I didn't know in the story. And that's, dude, that's tough when you're just to sit here and listen to the testimony that you gave about where you've been through and some of the things like going through the pill stages of snorting to shooting up and being in the camper and your kid being playing and stuff. That's some rough stuff. And for you to come out the other side with half a focus of where you're going. And half the drive that you have, not only to kick the drugs, but to walk. Yeah. To, yeah. you know, do a kayak with your daughter. Right. I can see why the devil's attacking you. I mean, I really mm -hmm. can. You're doing some good things. And I think well, we don't often up, we don't often get on here and talk religious or yeah, talk sorry, about God. Yeah, and yeah. We, oh, we, yeah. we don't oh, yeah. we don't do that a lot, but Everything we do, our lives, I mean, it's founded on the Word of God. We've built right. our company off of it, and we try to do what's right. And, right. But at the end of the day, it is letting people know that we're normal men yeah. doing normal men stuff, but that doesn't take away from doing the right things and, and living your life right and leading right. people in the right direction. And mm -hmm. Well, for I different this, aspects. This was said to me a long time ago, and I've just always held on to it, yeah. that true preaching is one sinner telling another sinner where he found bread. Hey. That is, yeah. that's true preaching. Right. It's, it's man but to man out here telling another man my experience and how the Lord affected my life. Right. I think it comes from every angle, and I think we all can see a different aspect of it. You posted something this morning that touches on it. I reposted it, what you just said, his testimony. Like, you have to work at whatever it is, you got to put time in, you got to put effort in it to get to the other side. You got to battle the demons. You got to go through the ups and the downs. You have to mm -hmm. put the time in to get to where you don't just, this doesn't just happen. You're just no. not a famous singer just because uh, I wanted to do it. Yeah. No, he had to go through the trials and tribulations to get to where he is. Mm -hmm. When they see you riding in your truck and trailer and pulling stuff or us riding or this company or anything. They don't see the the hard work. They don't yeah. see the dedication yeah. and the years it took to get there and the prayers and the yeah. everything it took. So, so so then now we're to the point where, hey, now I got this drive to do that. And then church is getting too, like, I'm thinking you got to be per perfect. You know, I'm thinking you got to be nah. perfect. Well, that's dude. what I meant by we're, you're normal guys talking to normal guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought, though, that's, I was like, oh, no, you don't want to go get near anything that's not, you know. Yeah. And so um, I just – uh, I sold my took took my boat. I sold my boat. 
I sold my four-wheeler. I sold, sold my Toyota Tacoma. I had a 99 four-wheel drive. Sold it all, went and bought a video camera. I went and bought, uh, paid for all my production, all my recording, and some CDs. I sold it, you know, all my little toys I had. Yeah. And I was like, I'm all in. I'm not looking back here. And I named the album God's Country. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you listen to it, it was like poor production. It was poor recording. Uh, but I, I had to start somewhere. Oh, I you got to put a foundation. I, I had to yeah. build something. Yeah. And I, because I didn't have no budget. Reminds you, I'm living off a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. I have no other income. I'm totally can barely walk. Okay. And so, you know, and I got so many things against me. It's like, so that's why I sold all that. I was like, all right, I'm all in. So I got those CDs made. I just went and started passing them out. Yeah. Uh, going and doing free shows. I go in the open for up church, going up and for who, you know, all these guys uh, in a game this big. Mm-hmm. I done been right there with them when they was coming up, church was coming up. Like, yeah. But I wasn't getting paid. I just had to pull up in my truck and I'd have to, have, you know, get enough money up to make it there and hopefully sell a couple of T-shirts. To make and it back. To make it back home. And I was just hoping I'd sell something. He was telling us home. his story the other day. You know? He was sleeping in his truck. Yeah. So yeah. he would literally sleep in his truck, get up, go out, get on stage. So do he would a go to River Run or yeah. something, and he's performing. Yeah. But in the back behind the campers is his truck. He's got a tarp over his truck. He's in his truck, changing, yeah. sleeping, go up there, perform, <laughs> back to his truck. Yeah. yeah. You know, you do and, what you got to do. And shaking these people's hands like at these mud parks and stuff. Yeah. Like, like, they're wondering where his tour bus is. They're like, where's his tour bus at? No, I mean, I got a Dodge Dakota. We're going to try to put some stuff together with Big Poe, um, Team Outlaw, the Mud Rides. But my thought process is he's putting on concerts on that Doolittle trailer at our booth. It's not for the park. Oh, yeah. And see what we can do to help and stuff. I'm thinking the audio system stuff that we have on our bike, especially John right now. Mm -hmm. Can we hook a mic to some of that? Well, that's what I was just telling him. You can hook a mic to mine. When we go out (laughs) to the beach... When we go out to the beach where we hang out in the middle of the woods or something, on the concert, to have yeah. Big Poe out there with us and actually playing and oh, singing out so there. We're staying on top of the on the trail. Yeah. We were yeah. talking earlier about the phone call we are having and what's your bike already and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's an avenue on the mud park side. You pull a couple bikes up, mic them in, and that's your audio system. So my uh, Speaking of audio systems on my side-by-sides, what I have, between mine and my wife's bike, we have six, seven, eight, nine... We have 10, 10 inch wake towers on the back. Ooh, and then uh, between mine and hers, we have 12 10 inch subwoofers, and then eight 8 inch fucking speakers, then six 6 mm-hmm. inch speakers. And they uh, have something called Wet Sounds A Link. So you can link them both together at the same exact time yeah. and play music at the same exact time. And mine, you can hook a mic into. I guarantee I'm louder than 99% of these Mud Park production fucking yeah. concerts. I'm coming for you, though, boy. I'm coming for Shit. you. Yeah. But we're going to do some stuff with Big Poe. We're going to get to these Mud Parks. we got to get our schedules lined up. Right. But y'all, the website, uh, Facebook, Instagram, yeah, TikTok. Yeah, it's www.bigpomusic.com. Uh, it's Big Poe Music on Facebook. Uh, Keith Big Poe Powell, Big Poe Music on TikTok. Yeah, if you just go to bigpomusic.com, you can it'll take you anywhere you want to go. So, bring so you back just for the record, are you still too? willing to go to a mud park and sleep in your truck? I will. Hell yeah. Are you I still that to. guy? I will. Look, we're we're look. sleeping in our truck. Let me tell you something. <laughs> like, I've, you got to imagine. So I built this all off $1,000 a month. And and then when I sold those toys to get me get kick-started. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And 
to make it in this industry, you really need money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything is about money. Yeah. Marketing. Shit. And, and so I've had to, my, my road's been, it's been muddy and bumpy. Uh, to get where I am, but I think the Lord wanted it to be that way. Like He wanted, like you know, it, it you has can't, to be. you cannot be. have a testimony without being tested. Oh man, you, you, like, you can't man. do it. You have to be. I, I don't see it any other way. If it was any other way, I don't want it. Yeah, I mean, and so you know, I just got to the point where I made a little money to be able to pay all my bills and everything with music. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that, and that was that to to say back in 2015. You know where I was at in life, to now, you know I had to get out there and go get it, like to get to this oh, yeah. point. And I ain't even at the top of the mountain at, at all. You know I got so much, you know, room uh, to grow and everything. But uh, just to see, to have faith in something, to have a drive, a relentless pursuit of a, a mission, a goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I hear people make excuses, I'm like, no. There's no, there's no excuses. If you want something there, it, and 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 you got that passion Man, and desire, it's it, a way. There's a way. There's a way. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to work ethic, drive, yeah. determination. I mean, all the words that we all use, and you have to have those things. I don't care if you're mowing lawns or or in Nashville. Yeah. If you're gonna make it, you're going to have to put the time in. If you don't put the time in, and you bitch about it, you ain't going nowhere. Right. This ain't going nowhere. Pretty much. We're gonna wrap this one up. We'll do more podcasts with Big Poe down the road and talk more about his music. This one was kind of more of his testimony, and I think we're all better for hearing it, and I think it's going to be a great podcast. He, he's trying to it. chime in here, but you won't hey, look his I, way. I forgot one more thing. He's coming. Just one more thing, too. My new album, Long Ride to Nashville, just came out a few weeks ago. Y'all go check that thing on out. You're Apple, shooting a video Spotify. tomorrow? Yes, we're going to shoot a video, and Team Outlaw, Outlaw Way, going to be at the video, so... Uh, and we might have a couple other surprises. Uh, maybe somebody that cooks. Maybe somebody that's a boss or something. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, hey, so y'all know that we kind of screwed up right there and let a little information out. But this podcast will air in a couple weeks. So yeah, if y'all want to come to where the video shoot is, y'all can. But we're going to be gone. We're not going to be there. So. <laughs> but This will air after it's over. As well after it's over. But for the boss and Nacho, I'm Cheeto. Raise them right or they have zero fucks because there's only one way. It's the outlaw way. <laughs>